Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Acts. With this scripture reading, we continue our summer sermon series. All the sermons this summer have been based on the book of Acts, and so we we continue today as Paul finds himself in the city of Athens. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this pretentious babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely spiritual you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul was in Athens. What was Athens like back then? It was different. Paul didn't have much in common with the people of Athens. He was out of place. He wasn't completely out of place, but was beyond his comfort zone. Born and raised in the uh, Greek-speaking Jewish among the Greek-speaking Jewish people of Tarsus, Paul could speak their Greek language. Educated in Jerusalem and traveling all around, he had been away from home before. Trained as a tent maker, he had traveled. Yet surely Athens was something else altogether for the Apostle Paul. Scripture tells us that there he was deeply disturbed. If you've ever felt out of place, remember how that feels, and and use that feeling to better understand what's going on with the uh, Apostle Paul in the second scripture lesson. Uh, Paul was a converted Jew, now a follower of Jesus, in a city full of idols, philosophers, and euros. Do you like euros? Do you know those sandwiches on the pita bread that I'm talking about? Just ordering a euro is enough to make you feel a little uncomfortable. Do you say hero or gyro or gyro? How do you say it? I don't know exactly how to say it, but sometimes food can provide a a bridge between difference. So if you take uh, local politics, for example, you might know that last 
week or county uh, which has Democrats and Republicans in it, but politicians of all stripes attended Cobb County Sheriff uh, Craig Owens' low country shrimp boiling last Monday night. Our local paper reported that Sheriff Owens called Senator Lindsey Tippins to the stage, naming him a special deputy of the sheriff's office in honor of his outstanding corn preparation. <laughs> now that's a small thing, but it's also a big thing. For we live in a world of division. And sometimes our only logical response is weak resignation to it. One of the great questions of our age is, what do we do to get to unity? I grew up eating gyros at Town Center Mall in the food court. Sheriff Owen stands beside Senator Lindsey Tippins and they boil corn together. Last week we were in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania where they put french fries on salads. Now Pittsburgh is a different place but I can get on board with french fries on, on salads and I believe that food can be one of those great bridge builders. So when a minister at a, a local Church of Christ church in Columbia, Tennessee asked to, to meet with me. I once suggested that we have lunch together at a locals-only place called Kathy's Restaurant. You might know something about the, the Church of Christ denomination. The Church of Christ denomination is a big deal in Middle Tennessee where we lived before coming here to Marietta, Georgia. There is a Church of Christ church on just about every corner of the city of Columbia, just about every corner of Murray County where we lived. One of the biggest churches is called the Murray Hills Church of Christ and the pastor there and I were having lunch. Now what do I have in common with a Church of uh, Christ pastor? It turned out that we both like to have lunch at Kathy's restaurant, which served roast beef and mashed potatoes on Tuesdays. That's what we both got from the, from the line. Other than that, most would have said that we don't have too much in common. If you know anything about the Church of Christ, then you know already that unlike us in the Church of Christ tradition, no women can be pastors, no infants can be baptized, they read the Bible much more literally. Many of them don't even use musical instruments during the worship service. Yet the two of us pastors, uh, this Church of Christ pastor and I, we had been charged to form a presentation addressing this question. What would it take for all the, all the churches of all the denominations in Murray County where we lived to start working together rather than arguing with each other. Our presentation was to be something like a small town TED talk. Uh, a woman named Robin Munger would organize these events based around an interesting topic. She asked the pastor of the Murray Hills Church of Christ and me to tell the group what it would take for all the churches in our community to, to work together. This is a hard question to answer. So we started with lunch, roast beef and mashed potatoes. That was a good place to start. Then a week or two later we had, had coffee. That was fine as well. 
Over lunch and over coffee, we kicked around ways to address this question and decided that what we should do is have a, a public debate on one of the issues we disagreed upon. Only over a cup of coffee in the little coffee house everyone went to, a woman interrupted us. She said, excuse me, but that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. She told us that having a debate was a dumb idea. This is really how it happened. We turned around and asked this woman to explain, and she told us that having a debate only focuses on how you're different. That it would be much more helpful to all of us if you two pastors from different denominations would stand up and agree on something. That seemed like a good idea to us, even though we'd been meeting for weeks. We threw out all of our ideas, and that's what we did. We had a public agreement, and it was something to see. Because it was something to see, and because Columbia, Tennessee is a small town, the Saturday night we held our agreement, everyone showed up and everyone heard it. We had a, a graph with all the most divisive religious topics on it and we, we counted the number of times each divisive topic is mentioned in scripture. Women in ministry. Once or twice in the Bible it says they should keep quiet. Abortion. Mentioned sort of in scripture maybe once or twice. Homosexuality, once or twice. Infant baptism, once or twice. Divorce, just mentioned a couple of times. Then we got to our big agreement, condemned by Scripture between 20 and 25 times compared to the one, two, three, or four, and mentioned by Jesus more than any other subject that he talked about. Due to the number of times this issue is mentioned, there was no way for us two Christian pastors to disagree on the subject. We both agreed that this topic should be condemned and agreed that the church should stand up against it. All the churches in the county should stand up against this one topic. This was a subject so roundly condemned that all Christian denominations must stand up against it. And what was it, we asked the group assembled? Usury. And then we said, and all of you know what usury is, of course. Well, no one did. Usury is lending money at a high interest rate. And the Bible is clear on the subject. In fact, John Calvin, theological founder of the Presbyterian tradition, equated usury to murder, saying that holding a person in debt slowly sucks away his life. But this isn't a sermon about usury today. This is a sermon about how often we human beings allow the controversial issues mentioned once or twice in Scripture to, to distract us from the issues that are mentioned 20 and 25 times. This is a sermon about how often we look out on the world and are better at debating what divides us rather than agreeing upon what unites us. 
This is the sermon about how the evil one loves it. When we look out on a group of people and say to ourselves, I have nothing in common with any of them, so I may as well get as far away from them as I possibly can. For when we are the most divided, we are the easiest to control. We are a weaker nation. Because Republicans and Democrats know better what divides them than what unifies them. We are a weaker world because we see what we don't have in common more clearly than what we do have in common. We suffer from weaker relationships because husbands are better at seeing what annoys them about their wives than what amazes them. We live more isolated existences because we are well-versed in arguing and are out of practice when it comes to being someone's neighbor. So I ask you, can you imagine what the world would be like if when we felt out of place, if when we were deeply disturbed as Paul was in Athens, we first spent our energy looking for common ground. That's what Paul did. And that land full of idols, philosophers and heroes in that great city of Athens he stood in front of the Areopagus and said Athenians I see how deeply religious you are in every way for as I, I walked through the, the city and looked carefully at all the objects of worship I found among them an altar with this inscription to an unknown God what therefore you worship as unknown this I proclaim to you can you believe it? Imagine if every speech on the floor of, of Congress started, started that way. Imagine if from one aisle to another it were, were heard. Uh, Democrats, I see how much you love this country. And while I've been putting those Joe Biden stickers on the gas pumps. I, I know that you also would like to find a, a solution to the high pet gas prices we suffer from. Or what if every time you found yourself in the midst of an, an argument, you started not with the focus on what drives you crazy, but by remembering what brought you together. If you read the paper last Thursday, then you saw how Mount Bethel Church and the North Georgia Conference came to a resolution and parted ways with a settlement saying, all parties plan to look forward and honor the mission and ministry of each other as Christians. This is a nice way to end things. Uh, this is a nice way to end a very messy church conflict, yet had they, they started there, maybe it wouldn't have cost $500,000 in legal fees. What I'm trying to say is that so often we allow differences to matter too much.
And when we start with the differences, how will we ever get to unity? Empowered by Paul's example, I charge you to start where he does, on the common ground. Remembering that what unifies us is the power of God and that what divides us so often is just the details. On the other side of each and every one of our debates, they can't be our enemies. Why? Because the battle has already been won. And if Paul could use an idol in Athens to proclaim the gospel, what could, what could you use? Could you use Facebook to proclaim the gospel? Could you share this worship service with your friends? Could you tell someone what you love about your church? Could you compliment your neighbor who, who drives you crazy? Could you call up your mother-in-law and tell her what you like about her? Could you ask her to teach you how to make that delicious blackberry jelly she's so famous for? Next time you fight with your spouse or your sister, could you start the way Paul did by saying something like, I see how extremely wonderful you are in every way. For as I look back on our lives and look carefully at the qualities you possess, I feel I find among them a memory with this inscription. We have more in common than we realize. Do so. And you'll proclaim the gospel. More than that, do so and you'll find yourself becoming more hopeful. So take a moment. Think about it. Write it on your bulletin. Where is there division in your life? With whom do you argue? And on what do you agree? Say something about what you agree about and start a new relationship. Think about who you're frustrated with in your neighborhood. Write her name down on your bulletin. Think about what you love about her. Does she plant flowers that you like? Start there. Write her a note. Tell her how beautiful her flowers are. Who's driving you crazy in your family? Does he like the brave? Start there and heap burning coals on his head by agreeing with him for once. My friend Ralph Farah told me the other day that sometimes, sometimes the news is so negative it just gets him down that there's so much crime and violence in the world, so much division that sometimes it makes him hopeless. And when that happens, he remembers that there are far more Christians in this world than there are criminals. That's true. Likewise, in Athens, there were all those idols, just one dedicated to an unknown God. Paul started there in the Areopagus from that glimmer of hope. And over the years, Greece went from being a city of idols to the centerpiece of the Greek Orthodox Church. Later, he'll go to Rome, the, the center of an empire built on emperor worship, idolatry, and gladiators battling to the death. Piece by piece, the empire was transformed to become the Holy Roman Empire, and Rome is still the center of the Catholic Church. If you 
are deeply distressed with our culture as Paul was in Athens. Don't think for a minute that things can't change. They can. They have. They will. It's just a question of where we should start. And we must always start on the common ground. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia. Or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org. Thank you.